All right, thank you all for those WhatsApp voice notes. And I agree, lawlessness cannot be allowed uh, to just, you know, run rampant and people feeling that they can do whatever they want and get away with it and not be held accountable. That is one of the issues that we have to nip in the bud. All right, so we're going to turn our attention now to our SMME feature. And this morning, we're talking to somebody who has been involved in the business of assisting other particularly small businesses. Gabriel Mogwana is the founder of the Life Legacy Project South Africa. It's an enterprise development firm. Gabriel, good morning. Good morning, Oz, Casey, and good morning to all your listeners at home. And uh, I'd like to see compliments of the new year, and thank you so much for having me. Let's talk a little bit about the work that you are doing at Life Legacy Projects. And, you know, you function mainly as an enterprise development form, a firm rather. Mm-hmm. What does your work entail? Okay, so um, the Life Legacy Project is a 100% black-owned youth incubation company that does uh, enterprise development uh, for for you know for SMEs. Um, this company was was registered in 2016, and just funny thing, how it started off is it started off as a radio show. So I'm from Fundaville Park, uh, so there was a local community radio station which I approached and um, I said to them, listen, um, there's a lot of people that are sitting at home, especially young people and women. I would like to come up with a show that sort of services the, the minds of the people in a sense where they can buy into ideas of entrepreneurs who come and pitch on the show. That was how it started off. Um, and then I mean, two, three months in, uh, we, we wrote in government and some of the youth government coffers to come in on the show and be a panel and get young people to come in and pitch their ideas, you know, with the hope of getting some sort of assistance from the people. So uh, more of uh, getting the, 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 the people involved to participate. And then we moved from there uh, where one of uh, the banks uh, in South Africa came through and said, listen, we love what you're doing. We have an enterprise development spend, but we want to sort of reach out to the communities and reach out to small businesses which are more informal, uh, put them into some sort of an incubation program with the aim of having to assist them to reach out to the market. Can you facilitate such a project? So my aim was to go into the communities in uh, South Africa, mm. you know, townships, uh, and set up all of these incubation programs with, with an aim of having to get uh, businesses to come in and, um, and, and be trained and upskilled in terms of how to run a business and give them soft skills. And at the end of the program, we have to expose them to opportunities. But in the process of that, we realized that a lot of small businesses, they're not actually suffer in terms of you know compliance or in terms of the, the, the whole training part, but the huge uh, problem which most SMEs face is the access to, to finance, right? So what we did is uh, we therefore came up with another company called Yasuda Business Fund, which was strategically positioned to assist SMEs um, which have been exposed to procurement opportunities to get funding at a much more reasonable rate. So we therefore came up with a second leg to say, apart from upskilling, let us also assist financially to ensure that whenever these entrepreneurs have been given these opportunities, mm-hmm. they can therefore go and, and, and ensure that they have uncovered funds that's waiting for them to go and service whatever orders that they have. So that's the work that the Life Legacy Project has been doing and she has been fund. Over the years we've impacted, um, I mean, we have more than 500 
companies which have trained that still developed and also assisted financially. And I also have to say, as I was careful to say, the money which we're using is not money from government. There's a portion of the money which I have saved up. And I've also approached some few um, investors to say, can you come in and assist me in the drive of ensuring that SMME in South Africa, which have been given the opportunities and they are neglected from the banks, get assistance so that they can also grow mm. and create more employment. I want us to talk about the opportunities that exist, particularly within the enterprise and supplier development space, because, uh, you know, many big organizations will use the um, services of small businesses, but oftentimes people just don't know what they need to have together, uh, together in order to have one foot into the door and to be able to access and apply for some of the work that is being put out there. You know, some of the opportunities that that that, that are there in the you know, in the enterprise development is, you know, we have a lot of um, blue chips and these big businesses, um, which uh, you know, these corporations that sit on a budget, uh, and the budget is strictly uh, you know there to assist businesses uh, which are you know sort of upcoming, either to become suppliers or just to develop them um, you know in terms of their businesses. Um, so there's a lot of opportunity that's like, and, I, and the question should be, how do people know these things? Um, how I have done it is, and how I have observed or rather came up with, uh, uh, you know, ways to approach these businesses, these, these, these you know, big companies is, I always go through uh, the annual financial reports on a daily basis where I read and I look at the opportunity that's lying there. And, and some people might not even know that that's where some of the opportunities lie, you know? Uh, apart from, you know, once your business, I think, is, 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 is okay, so I think the question should be what qualifies a person to be to be sort of considered, you know, to either be a supplier of a specific uh, company or, or just rather to get whatever assistance from them. I think, you know, it all go, goes down to the business in itself. You know, the type of businesses which you must have, um, it should be businesses that are very com- that are compliant. Uh, if you have the compliance, uh, you know, papers within in check, you have, you know, your business running operational, um, then it's easier for a person to go and, and approach these guys. Uh, um, how I've done it is I've, after going through their you know, financial uh, you know, reports and all of that, I make it my mission to go and knock on those doors and say, guys, I've seen that you guys have a budget of X, Y, and Z. I am in the business, I'm in construction, for instance, and you guys in the construction field. Can't you sort of put me inside of a program or rather take me in and just develop me as a supplier so that I can eventually come up and, and join or rather also be developed in that, in that instance? So there's a lot of opportunities that's there. I think for me, it's just a matter of having to do extensive research. And also ensuring that your business is... Is, is, is functioning, your business is compliance, because compliance can also kill a lot of things. If your business is not compliant, then it sort of limits you to get into programs or rather to get assistance from some of these big businesses. Mm. I want to talk about, uh, you know, the work through your firm. So you speak about uh, having needed to go into communities to uh, really identify where some small businesses that had potential were and working with them and, and exposing them to, to opportunities. Do you feel that that's actually what we need in, in order to create the level of exposure? A 
central hub where people can know that, okay, um, X company or Y company is actually on the lookout for small businesses yeah. who can offer these services? Well, uh, well I think, I think yes, it's, very, it's very important, um, um, you know, the, the, you know, like the approach which we've done in going into communities. I think this is what's needed and it will aid a lot of problems for us. Um, let me just give an example in terms of some of, uh, you know, our, our companies which have been through our incubation. Um, so after the completion of the, of the, of the incubation uh, period, where, where now we have done a whole diagnosis of the business and we've done like a whole case study of the business and, and sort of tear uh, it down in terms of saying, okay, this is a construction company. Because you know? another thing that also people must also look out for is, you know, when you have a business that just generally building everything else, it becomes quite difficult for you to, to actually knock on those right doors. I, I normally say the business that does not specialize in something, it becomes a problem. So um, some of the businesses, was after they've done the program, we'd get through their profiles and we take those profiles and take them directly to these, uh, to these, to these firms, right? And after doing that, uh, we therefore expose them to those opportunities. So can it mean that we have a lot of these sort of initiatives that are, that are, that are directly you know, um, aimed at assisting these enterprises? Then there will be a lot of work which will happen. I've realized that there's, there's quite a few incubation programs or enterprise development firms that are sort of set up. But some of them, they're set up just on the basis of having just pick to say, okay, you're spending this much, you're spending this much, but there's no impact uh, in, terms of, in terms of that. So you can't sort of trace up the impact that this enterprise development, this incubation firm has had, simply because they just want to you know, tick out all the boxes and then that's it. But if you have to set up something, uh, some sort of a hub, it would be, um, you know, um, a right path of which we can start where these businesses know that if they need a construction company, they go to a specific hub. There's a database of those businesses where they can go and collect that data from. So I think that this is that it would be a good opportunity for us to set up such institutions, especially within our, our townships, because that's where the most businesses are. And those guys, they have all of these other things in place. The only thing they need is just they need the opportunities to go into those rights and just knock into those right doors. Mm. How have you found that uh, small businesses have been impacted under the, the COVID-19 uh, pandemic and perhaps just the kind of patterns you, you've been watching over the last two years, especially now that uh, we're at a time where we have, you know, the, the least restrictions that, that we have had in, in two years? Um, you know, impact. I think most businesses have been impacted by, 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 by the COVID. Um, I think the, what I've realized, the pattern is, you know, um, after COVID, you know, most businesses have, have shut down simply because you know their revenues was was affected. But another thing is they've also shut down because um, you know there hasn't been any sort of activity that's been happening there. Um, and, and, and also in terms of morale, some people have just been demotivated. I know some few guys, you know, that 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 that, that by that time when COVID started, they were just about to launch and go into uh, you know into their business, and they've lost out on it. And now, right now, when you ask them a question, can you go back? Because of the psychological you know, effect that COVID has had on them, 
say most of them, um, you know, sort of decide or have chosen not to give it a shot simply because of what happened. So, uh, so the impact has been there and it has been felt by most businesses. Uh, some have, have, have shut down and have never opened. Some have, have, have started opening right now, but things are not the same anymore because um, they have been affected not only financially and everything was kicking, but a lot of people are suffering also mentally, you know. Um, last year, during the um, Mental Awareness Month, I had a privilege of speaking to most entrepreneurs. And, I mean, for the, for the slightest uh, example, for the fact that you were working from home, you're isolated from people. But things psychologically has messed a lot of people up. And a lot of counseling and a lot of, you know, um, uh, programs must start happening now to ensure that everybody else becomes okay. So those are some of the patterns which I've realized. But um, uh, given it may, uh, with proper interventions and proper, proper systems, not only from the private, but also from government, we need to have those uh, interventions in place to allow these assignments which have been affected by COVID, not only uh, financially, but also mentally, to also come out there and know that they have help whenever they, they, they seek it. Mm. And, and, you know, it's precisely these entrepreneurs, those that have been, you know, so emotionally bruised by the experience of COVID-19 that, you know, a firm like yours also exists to try and, 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 and yes. encourage such people to get back into the game and, and equip them with, with skills to be able to do that. Would you say you, yes. you, you are winning on that front? Uh, you know, um, I'll tell you, to be honest with you, I am, I, uh, you know, we are trying. Um, mm. We are honestly trying. Um, I think the difficulty from from the work that we do is the lack of support which we get from uh, from, from from government. You know, mm. um, we are an organisation that solely relies on uh, on investors. So we get uh, you know private investors to come in and just sort of assist us and and, and give us some some financial you know, boost so that we can achieve our mandate, which is assisting SMEs. So it comes a bit of a challenge when you're not getting the right sort of assistance especially from the people which you are expected to get it from. Mm. So we are winning, we are on the right track, but I believe we can do more if we could have, you know, uh, government and private sector coming together and holding hands uh, with us and saying, listen, um, uh, you guys are on the ground. You understand the challenges of these SMEs face. You understand the difficulties. Uh, what can we do? What type of solutions can we have set up in place to assist uh, these, these, these businesses, uh, you know, to come back and, and assist uh, these township businesses also, you know, to come back and be fully functional. So, um, yes, we are trying. It's not easy. But I believe that with more support and with more assistance uh, from government and also from, uh, from corporate, we can do more. Gabriel Mugwana is the founder of the Life Legacy Project South Africa, and he is that is an enterprise development firm. Gabriel, uh, thank you so much for being part of this conversation, uh, and we certainly so wish you all of the best in terms of uh, the work that you are doing. And yes, we do need people to, uh, you know, to be encouraged to get back into business. And but but I guess if if the environment if if the environment does not allow small businesses to thrive, then you then get lost for words in, in, in terms of the argument that you have to make, right, to encourage people. You say, well, yes, let's 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 encourage small businesses. Let's let's help those who are informal formalize. But in the end, 
they go through all of that work and yet um, it, it doesn't end up being beneficial for them in, in the long run. And, and that's really something that needs to change. Well, it's 10.30. Luanda Maume is standing by with your latest news headlines.